Welcome to the to the to the podcast experiment. To the podcast experiment. Welcome to the podcast experiment. I'm Dave. And I'm Vic. And here we go. But what are we gonna do? You mean be specific about Bond? Do you mean what are we gonna do, Bond or <clears throat> trailers? In Bond, what are we gonna do? Get in here. In Bond, what are we gonna do? Oh my gosh. I mean it's such a broad topic. I love James Bond. It's been around for 50 years, longer than Star Trek. Longer longer than you. I feel that Timothy Dalton is underappreciated. Bond. It, it, let me start off. What's, I'll start off talking about the actors who have played Bond. Okay, well, so first of all, first of all, <clears throat> so we're going to do Bond. Yes. Okay. I'm a huge Bond fan. Okay. So Read all wait. the novels, seen all <laughs> so, the movies, like... I'm not just some guy who's like, yeah, I like James Bond. Like, yeah, well, I'm I, all right. So, I, I, all right. First of all, welcome to the podcast experiment. I'm Dave, and I'm Vic, and here we go. All right. So we we decided <laughs> we've decided to talk about Bond, James Bond. That's how much thought goes into our <laughs> podcast <laughs> preparation. You want to talk about do a Bond Bond podcast? Yeah, all right. We 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 hit pause. <laughs> Vic sneezes a bunch of times, <laughs> and then. And then we decided on a topic. Want to do, talk we, more about Star Trek? Yeah, we just did that. Let's do, <laughs> just did that. We'll do James Bond. Talk about James Bond. That's how we do it, folks. <laughs> you just you just learned how you the sausage here, behind the paint. scenes. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Pulled back the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> so, and so, I think the the, the the cat's coming by just to add insult to injury. But I wanna, you know, it's time for me to take the lead on a podcast for a while. <laughs> Something I know about James Bond, <laughs> and all that means is that I, I'm. That's 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 his uh, passive aggressive way of saying shut up. Instead Dave. of Dave talking ninety percent of the time, I'll only talk eighty percent, eighty-two percent of the time for the James Bond. Okay, so we're going to talk about James Bond. Um, Such a broad topic. It's a pretty broad topic. We don't know where to start, so and I figured I would just start with the actors. Well, so but well, wait, right, James Bond. Yes, you started out by saying you've read all the books. Yes. You've seen all the movies. Yes. I've seen, I'm pretty sure I've seen all the movies. Um, I have not read all the books. I've read a bunch of the books. I haven't read, they've even started doing some comics. Uh, Warren Ellis started doing some of the comics. But the real question is, what was your first experience of James Bond? Do you remember? Did you see him on television first or in the movie theaters first? Or did you read a book first? I remember it used to be a big event back in when I was a little kid. It would be like the movie of the week, mm-hmm. like the Sunday night or the Monday night movie of the week on, on ABC. ABC. Yep. yep. I remember. In fact, when he, they owned the rights, that was the only place to see him. Right. Fun fact. I'm pretty sure it was J.J. Abrams' dad that used to do some of those voiceovers or something. Like I think that. it was, um, no, you're confusing. It was Ernie Anderson. Oh, I'm sorry. Ernie Anderson. It was uh, yes, yes, Paul yes. Thomas Anderson's father, the Boogie Nights Magnolia. <clears throat> but anyway, I'm sorry about that, everybody. I'll cut that out. <laughs> no, I won't. Two weeks from tonight, Roger Moore, Barbara Bach, the spy who loved me. <laughs> there it Colonel is. Colonel discretion is advised. <laughs> and yes, yeah, it's like I think Boogie Nights is dedicated to uh, Ernie Anderson, like yeah. he dedicated it to his father. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, I, I remember watching a lot of those James Bond movies on Channel Seven, mm-hmm. New York in New York City, uh, New York area. Channel 7, ABC, that was a big deal. Yeah, it, always, it would say like, because I guess one week it would be like some other movie and it, and it would tell you the next week what the movie's going to be. You know, it would right. be like, 
I'd always get excited because once every like three, four months it would be a Bond movie. It wasn't like every week, obviously. No, it wasn't every week, and it was uh, like you said, it was an event. The one that started it all, Doctor No. Yeah. You know, they have like a little tagline for each. And one. so, and so that was how you know before cable, before any of this, that was how you got to see your old mm-hmm. movies and your cable, old what's Bond that? movies, right? And so it was great. Now they've sold it to like Spike or whatever, so it's on Spike all the time. Or now it's on sure. like the country music. They, I remember that was a big deal. I think Spike paid like a ton of money about ten years ago for the rights to the Bond movies, and it was great. I mean, so so again, what do you remember being your first exposure to Bond? Was it was it the books? <clears throat> was it the movies? No. So like I said, it used to be on like movie of the week. And I remember I was still you know maybe like ten years old or it was like the late seventies. I was a little kid. And I had a bedtime, like 8 o'clock, 8.30. Sure. But when the Bond movies were on, my parents let me stay up late. Because I remember my dad was a big Bond fan. So I would get to stay up late and watch it. And I remember we would pull out the couch in the living room. Because usually I'd probably fall asleep before the end. Because it was like... Yeah. Because I remember also they were always long. Yeah. Because Bond movies are at least two hours. And with the commercials, it would end at like 11.15. Yeah. And the yeah, news yeah. would come on late, like the eyewitness news. So I want to go to bed that night. I... I like get into the bed on the pull-out couch in the living room. That way, if I fell asleep, I was already in bed. In bed and stuff. Yeah. So I clearly remember watching, you know, Doctor No or The Spy Who Loved Me or Thunderball ones like that. Yeah, like I guess I don't have a specific one that I remember watching. Well, so that's the beauty of of some. I guess I remember something. the ski jump in The Spy Who Loved Me or sure. something like that. Sure, you know? I I. But that was before I read the novels <clears> or <throat> anything like that. So, but so, so that's the beauty of. Of uh, of that kind of time and the weird sort of blend of of memory uh, and 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 that because James Bond is iconic, mm-hmm. iconic hero, all this, and I have no. He, he was just always there. Yeah, I don't like, remember, I, I don't remember right. I don't remember which one was the first. One I saw. I remember I the big remember, volcano, and you know, you only live twice, and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, but I don't yeah. know if that was the first, right? And and so, <clears throat> and so when I remember when it was like the one that started it all, the you know, Doctor No. I remember going, right, this is the first James Bond movie, but that wasn't the first one that I saw, and it actually seemed like there was just endless James Bond movies. I, I it, it it took me a while. Well, by that time, there was already like head. a dozen of them. So right, like, well, to choose from, I, I want to say there was maybe about seven or eight yeah but, it seemed but, like more but i remember um thinking it seemed like there was a lot in my and and it was before i kind of was a collector and stuff so like you know before i began to recognize oh right these are books and they're gonna make them into you know the books into the movies mm-hmm. and and then i kind of correlated and i kind of item like i kind of saw but it seemed like there was this endless supply of james bond movies of course, you couldn't, like I said, go out and get them and whatever, so you'd have to tune in. I remember um, the spy who loved me in, in the movie theater. At least I think I do, because I remember Jaws, like, biting the shark at the end. Like, the audience loved that part. Yeah. Like, Jaws well, with so the big metal teeth. I remember that there was one person who was James Bond, and there was another guy who was James Bond. And I remember being very surprised <laughs> um, that there was a third James Bond that no one talked about. And they didn't really. Do, and, and that and movie was, would come on every once in a while. Every once it wasn't in a while, like a big it was hit with, weird. Yeah, it was like, who's that and guy? So, and so, what we're talking about is the first James Bond, of course, in the movie was was Sean Connery, mm-hmm. and he's great. 
and it started with Dr. No and kept going. Then there was a very brief one shot movie with, uh, George you know, Lazenby. With, right. Well, I know, I know. Oh, okay. I was, was going to say George <laughs> Lazenby and he was in, um, on her majesty's secret service. <laughs> and then OHMSS. Yes. <laughs> and then and then there was Roger Moore and he picked up and he was James Bond for a nice long clip. Mm-hmm. Um and we'll get to the others in just a minute but but that ruled James Bond for a nice long time. And I remember there was there were some of those people that were like yeah, until 85 was like Roger Moore's last one or something. Yeah. So I remember the till I was in my teens. Yeah. He was Roger Moore basically till I was born, till I was in my teens. Like it was John it was Roger Moore. Uh, yeah. uh, James Bond was Roger From 71 Moore. Seventy-one <clears throat> to eighty-five or whatever. It was but Roger what Moore. was funny about or interesting about that also was that uh, there were people. You know how like there are people that like uh, you know Star Wars. We were saying Star Wars versus Star Trek. You know Batman versus Superman and Marvel versus DC. Mm-hmm. There were people that were uh, Sean Connery versus Roger Moore, and only the person who wanted to be rabble rouser was like talking about George Lazenby, <laughs> you know, and technically David Niven and, and there's a yeah. whole bunch of people that actually played James Bond on screen. You could even say Woody Allen played James Bond technically Jimmy Bond, yeah. because, uh, right. Because the original version of Casino Royale was a kind of a farcical anthology comedy sort mm-hmm. of a, a thing. But, um, so, so y- you don't, entirely recall what your favorite what your first James Bond was but you quickly became a fan yes <laughs> no I no no I that's didn't think you were ask to, me a question I was just listening that's for you to that's for you to then take away take it away because <laughs> I think uh, a real <laughs> bit of trivia I think Gene Barry played him on like a made for TV like oh. Playhouse Theater back in the 50s in black oh, and white oh I don't know that he was like an American James Bond. He was like Jimmy Bond or something they called it. But it was like one of those live TV movies that they would do back in the 50s. So officially, he's like the first man to portray Bond. Like, on oh, film. there you go. I just learned something new, See that? ladies and gentlemen. This is an experiment. But um, what was I going to say about that? Yeah, I mean... I guess everybody loves Sean Connery. Like, he's Bond. He's the only Bond. I, sometimes I feel like people who don't even know Bond that well are just like, oh, Sean Connery is kind of just like a an automatic response. You ask somebody, like, who's the best? Like, oh, Connery's the best. Well, I, yeah, I, I mean, I, a lot of people do. A lot of people had been saying that yeah, um, it's not like for a nice long time. Everybody's seen all the movies and they've made, like, uh, their own conclusion. It's just like, oh, well, Sean Connery. Like, it's kind of like you don't think about it. Like, isn't Sean Connery's the best, right? Like, well, so what's, what's <laughs> actually really movie, funny, though, is people say Sean Connery's the best. there's definitely eras now. We live in, we have now lived long enough to see, I mean, we're, we're, can I say how old we are? We're in our 40s. Yes, yeah, good enough. So 40s is, is by any stretch, two generations. And so we've actually straddled generations when it comes to something like mm-hmm. Bond where there are people that would say like oh yeah you know Connery oh yeah Roger Moore blah 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 blah. but now there's been oh, so like in, the 80s, just in the like cinema, the 70s and 80s that was right. a long time ago in cinema there's been a, a, a nice handful of James Bonds who have made a nice good clip of movies um, we're going to talk about it in a minute but, but I think that's just funny because I know you just said, oh yeah, of course, Sean Connery. But there are there are 
totally people that would would totally disagree with you. They would say like, "What do you mean, Sean Connery?" Because their James Bond is Pierce Brosnan, or their James Bond is now Daniel Craig. Um, I have a favorite, which I think is pretty similar to your favorite. Um, it's kind of an unsung favorite, and that's Pierce. <laughs> Pierce Brosnan. That's <laughs> Timothy Dalton. Yeah. Uh, he, Timothy Dalton, as you know, only has done two James Bond movies, and the second of his two. Uh, isn't that great? <laughs> <laughs> License to kill? <laughs> you just pissed off the whole movie. You mean the whole the whole crowd, <laughs> the whole our our whole uh, audience, all the people getting ready for? Uh, I mean, I think even even Timothy Dalton knows that the License to Kill just was kind of um, a misstep. Um, Timothy Dalton is outstanding yeah he's an outstanding (laughs) actor but anyway wait let's just get back for a second though so you got sean connery i mean some of his what's your favorite sean connery uh james bond movie i'm sorry you only live twice okay why i know people think it got a little off the rails that's the one with the hollowed out volcano and all that stuff and blofeld and i like it like a lot of the gadgets people thought it got a little too overblown but Maybe because that's what I remember as a kid. You see, like all the the big shootout at the end, and he's yeah, got all the you know, cool. yeah. It was like, yeah. Well, I mean, there was that also, and there's uh, him. Uh, is that the one where he's tied to the? Is that the one where he's tied to the uh, the table, and there's a laser going to cut him in half? That's Goldfinger. There you go. Goldfinger is very good too. You only live twice. That's considered like the best Bond. You know that that had all the Bond elements. It was a third movie. Thunderball was pretty good. But it was the first one to have, like, the car and the gadgets and the the, the woman and the overblown villain and all that, you know. Because the first two were kind of, I don't want to say realistic, but, like, from Russia with Love, it's still, it's, it's more like a thriller when you watch it now. It's not, like, big, overblown. Mm-hmm. It's more like espionage movie. Sure. Than it is a big James Bond movie. But Goldfinger, you know, the guy's. Had uh, odd job throwing his hat and stuff. It was a, the first one where, like, the henchman is kind of like this well, so, out of so the when ordinary you say, when you say villain. It feels like a James Bond movie, though. So now, what do you mean? I mean, because I know what you, I think I know what you're saying, but to you, what? Well, definitely staying on topic. It's like you know, Bond movies now have a certain blueprint to them. You have to have the girl. You could say not always, but sometimes there's like an evil girl that Bond like turns. With, like, his power of persuasion and love by making love to them, all of a sudden they turn good and they have, like, you know, her name was Pussy Galore, like, the, the Bond girl names. Mm-hmm. You have the villain, like, the maniacal villain who has, like, their own, whether it's Blofeld, he's got a cat and he's got a scar on his face, or this was, like, Auric Goldfinger was his name, and he, like, loved gold, and he dips a girl in gold, that's how he kills her, Killer, yeah. he paints her body <clears throat> gold, you know, like, kind of like a... Not otherworldly villain, but you know, kind of like not something that's exactly based in reality. Sure. And he's got the evil henchman. So you're he's talking like about an like an evil layer, kind of pretty much. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. He, you know that he's got like a little army. Like I remember at the end, Goldfinger's got all the guys like dressed in the same outfits, shooting at the shooting at the FBI. He's got his own little army and everything. So you know, like pretty much the Bonds have followed that blueprint for many years. He you know just. Do we have this? Yes, check. Do we have this? Yes, check. Well, so, yeah, I mean... Like, and the gadgets, he had, like, a thing in his shoe that could 
trace him anywhere in the world. And he had the car with the ejector seat, the, fam- the most famous car in the world, they call it, the Aston Martin. The Aston Martin. Well, so there, there's definitely a... Uh, the the idea also I'm sorry one so, more thing it had the like pre credit sequence that was the first one Goldfinger to have the pre credit which was, that was the second James it was Bond the third movie. movie the third movie okay but the first two didn't have like that pre credits you know now all the Bond Bond movies are famous for that <clears throat> well so there's a whole thing I mean obviously James Bond is a spy he's like the world's most iconic spy right and and we have we are like that's he's synonymous with like a spy hero adventurer sort of thing. And it's, and like you said, it's much more than a thriller because of those additional things, you know, like not, he's not just a spy. He's got a spy with gadgets. He's not just a spy. He's a spy who, who, uh, gets ladies. I think what's really interesting also, quite frankly, is he'll, he'll have two, usually two women throughout every movie. Yes. And when there is a bad one that he does turn, <laughs> she's the turned one. Or the, the bad one still dies usually because of of you know moral dilemma of the of the era that it comes from, where they don't let the bad girl off the hook. She yeah, gets killed. Which Not always a girl, but there is the sacrificial lamb. There's a lot of times there's sometimes it's somebody who helps Bond, who then and then gets killed for pays it. You know for it. Yeah, yeah. Bond doesn't really give a crap. He just well, no, he does. He feels sometimes bad. He, he gets doesn't. angry. Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> Not a moonraker. <laughs> he gets eaten by dogs. Bond doesn't care. He just eats. Well, no, but so so. But he gets. What's interesting <laughs> is he he doesn't seem to really register heartbreak. He gets angry. Mm-hmm. In a lot of the the other Bond movies, now we can get to the Daniel Craig's where that that changes up a little bit, but um, but yeah, so so I, I actually think it's pretty interesting, and yes, they they quickly Ian Fleming, you know, had written these books, and with the movies, they absolutely sort of like twisted them. Now was Ian? I I don't I don't know this, but was Ian Fleming alive when the movies started coming out? I think he died maybe like right after Goldfinger. He died pretty young, so I think. He, but he definitely saw like at least the first two or three movies. Did he like he, Roger uh, Gene? <laughs> Sean, Con- Sean Connery like met him and talked about the character with him and stuff like but that. But did but did he Ian Fleming? He did he write a new Bond books after he saw one of the movies? I would think so because I know he died with um. Is it? I think "Live and Let Die" was like unfinished when he died. Well, see the reason. So it's why possible. I'm asking, I mean, he could have written. I guess he died maybe like two or three years into the movies. See, see, the reason why I'm asking is the interesting thing that happened with Harry Potter and J.K. Rowling, which she she had started writing the books. She was I can't remember, and someone can check me on this, but like she was like two or three books in. Mm-hmm. Once the movie started coming out, so she got a chance to see. All oh, right, what this is, what this looks like, mm-hmm. and her writing, it's kind of it was now informed by some of the vision of seeing her vision visualized. <laughs> and yeah. So by the time that these the last couple of Harry Potter books were written, she didn't abbreviate her style in any way and in fact the, lat- the as the Harry Potter books progressed they got longer 
but they definitely got more cinematic. Like the writing got more cinematic. Her writing got def. You know, anyone would argue correctly that her writing got better, but definitely got more dramatic. And people would say probably, oh, you know, it got more dramatic because Harry was older and the drama got turned up. But I would also say it was because one, she improved as a writer, but also it's this amazing sort of phenomenon that she got a chance to experience where this thing that she created, she got a chance to watch it become visualized and then inform like she was informed by it so then she could go and make a new one and literally make it better so i I was asking if if she was the first person to do that like i was asking if uh or if it happened first with ian fleming i don't know but i definitely know that with the james bond movies they dialed up the gadgets he did have gadgets because spies did have listening devices and little gadgets and and uh, at the time it was like clever to have a spy Mm -hmm. you know that that was part of being a spy was to have an everyday item that had a secondary use like a stapler that was a camera or something right right a shoe phone right to have a camera in your (laughs) belt buckle or whatever was like a was like a you know, or or a, a listening device in some kind of everyday appliance, or just a place to have a secret gun was like a very special thing, uh, and that was that indicated that you were a spy. Yeah, I think he died to answer your question. I believe, from what I remember, the novels they were all pretty like straightforward. There wasn't a lot of like super right. gadgets and out of this world stuff. Because I think he died right around Goldfinger. Right. Which is before the movies kind of took off into like flying little mini well, copters. So, with so what was interesting was stuff. by the time the movies came out, they definitely said, "Hey, gadgets, you gotta add this and dial it up in the movies." Yeah, I guess so everyone had, became a bigger hit, so the next one had to be bigger and bigger. And he something. had Q, who mm-hmm. would do that, and so that was also they when they changed out Bond, M and Q were still the, the same actors. They just changed out the star, mm-hmm. which I thought that was pretty interesting. And uh, Money Penny was the same. Money right? Penny was still the same. But yeah, so then the movies were going on. Uh, Roger, I mean, um, um, Sean Connery's last Bond mil- film was what? Don't don't say the the off brand Bond film. But what was the last? Um, in, well, he did in series Bond film. He did. You only live twice was his fifth one. Then he left, and they did on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Right, and that was like a. It was wasn't a huge success because of Gene, uh, George Lazenby, but then it was also really an awkward and weird movie. Yeah, it was kind of like depressing. He gets married and his wife gets killed at the end. And it was kind of like serious and it was very long. Serious I think it's weird. One of the longest bonds. And I will say this: I really enjoyed the opening of that movie. That has an interesting. O- that that has a pretty exciting on the beach. Uh, on the beach? I think there's there's a ski that's skiing thing that. He goes off a cliff with a parachute or something. No, that's the Spy Who Loved Me. Are you? And he opens really? the parachute, and it's oh, the, right. the British flag. That's right. That's right. That's a famous one. It's a real stunt. It's a real stunt. But then, well, all of them were real stunts yeah, back then. To answer your question, they kind of panicked, and they brought Sean Connery back to do Diamonds Are Forever. Right after on Her Majesty's Secret Service. So really, his last real one was Diamonds Are Forever, mm-hmm. and then they brought in Roger Moore after that. And Roger Moore, who was 
I mean, <clears throat> Bond. I'm pretty sure Roger Moore was the first Bond that I had recollection of. Yeah, people a lot of times ask, like, who's the best Bond or who's your favorite? I, I like to say... My first. Yeah, well, I like to say, you know, maybe like Connery is like everybody's favorite, but I like the Roger Moore movies right? better. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm more likely to watch... Cause maybe because they're a little more modern. Like I say, you... Now you watch Doctor No or that's funny, but what's or funny is from Russia with Love, more. and it seems like kind of serious. It's kind of like not a lot of humor, not a lot of gadgets. Like I say, from Russia with Love is like a flat out like John Le Carre spy thriller almost. Right. But now you want you know you want to watch Moonraker. I know people hate Moonraker, but it's Bond in space, and he's got he's chasing Jaws with the metal teeth, he's chasing yeah. him around. Yeah, it's more like fun. I don't know. Well, so Jaws and again, I, I kind of grew up in the Roger Moore years, so maybe sure. you're a a product of whatever. Like, totally. you'd be a Pierce Brosnan fan if you're, like, 30 years old now. Right, right, right. I I, uh, I was a big Roger Moore guy because that was... They had a bunch of those on television, but then anytime a new one would come out when I was a kid, it was always Roger Moore, who was James Bond. Mm-hmm. And then, and uh, you know, what's really funny is just the same way that I just fudge the whole George Lazenby versus like I a lot of them all kind of blend together to me mm-hmm. in certain sequences um and I was at one point I was a huge James Bond fan and and when I believe uh a view to a kill was Roger Moore's last James Bond movie Correct. and it was good <laughs> but I remember when it switched to to Timothy Dalton, <clears throat> there was going to a lot of speculation and a lot of like, mm, I don't know. And that James Bond movie, which is called The Living Daylights, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that movie starts with a bang. That, that movie is a great, great James Bond movie. Mm-hmm. I got to tell you, it's like, uh, I remember the whole Rock of Gibraltar oh, yeah. opening sequence. Um, just badass just across the board. I remember around the time that that came out, that was when I was starting to read the the books. And I couldn't, some of them I just didn't even want to read because the references were very, very dated. Mm-hmm. One of the things I really did like about the books were, was that like, there was a couple of ambiguous endings. Like it seemed like, he died in a couple of them. The, you know, the 50s and 60s. So they're kind of like, yeah, old. Yeah, he died. He killed him off. Twice. Much like, you know, Sherlock Holmes and whatever. I guess the, the author got tired of it or he's getting too big. So I think in, from from Russia with Love, he gets killed at the end of the novel. I, I think it, He gets poisoned and like it all goes to black and the, the novel fades ends. Out, yeah. And then in, um, I think the next novel is... You only live twice, and he's been in the hospital for six months, and but he recovered. So, like, he didn't kill him off after all, because I guess the outcry was like, you know, bring him back. Bring him back, yeah. Same thing with him going over Reichenbach Falls with Moriarty, I guess. Yeah, Sherlock, yeah. But then they brought him back. I think he might... But doesn't he die at the I, end of Dr. I think Dr. Sherlock no Holmes, he brings him back in, like, flashbacks. I don't know. I think he might have died going over Reichenbach Falls, but, you know. But, I mean, in, in Dr. No, doesn't he sort of die or go away? I, I don't I don't know I can't remember I don't think so because I don't I see see so I I just again I didn't read all of the, I think, the, yeah, the, I the books um, 
And at this point, it's a very it, everything's nicely blurred together. But but by the time that uh, Living Daylights came out, that was mm-hmm. based on that was the last of all of the, um, you know, it was the last title and the last like original. Even I think it was like a short story of Ian Fleming, and yeah. it was right. I was going to say it was a short story. It was so Ian Fleming had written all of these James Bond novels, and they'd been all turned into. Um, movies and then they even started to embark into areas that either were unfinished like you said <clears throat> he yeah. died with what, i think living, for let live and let die i think it was for your eyes only it was like four short stories right and but then basically you have your for for your eyes only and then was viewed to kill after that i feel like they 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 i remember it being a big deal I think Whatever. that was one of the four short stories was called. I don't. I don't think the plot like has nothing to do with the short story. Just the title. By that point, they were just using the titles and the plot. I think right. pretty much Thunderball and You Only Live Twice, and like I don't imagine. I guess pretty much when you get to Diamonds Are Forever, that's just like the title of the. They're just using yeah. The like title. now it's you know before that the, the plot was similar to the book, but like when you're watching like. If you read like the Spy Who Loved Me, it has nothing to do with <laughs> like the, the space shuttles going into space or anything. Right. Well, so but that's what I mean. Moonraker. That, I guess that's where I'm going. Where I'm me. going underwater is, city it had nothing to do with that. Yeah, but but that's where I'm going, and it's actually kind of funny because w- the world did the same thing, or the you know the studios did the same thing with the Jason Bourne movies, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because the Bourne identity. And the Born Supremacy and the Born Ultimatum; those three movies have nothing to do. They're mm-hmm. vi- like I think the very first Born Identity is the closest to the book, but the others have nothing to do. It's, it's only using the title, the title. Yeah. yeah, and of course the character's name. But so it's it's fun uh, because you know nowadays Jason Bourne is like the the American yeah, spy. And he is, Bourne, and, yeah. yeah, and he's the also the the. The arguably the 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 one who's the spy who's trying to kind of like wrestle the the title of like top spy from James Bond. But so so we have like <clears throat> you know we have like the other Bond movies um, kind of doing their thing, and 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 after Roger Moore went away, and Timothy Dalton comes in with uh, the Living Daylights. That what a was cool like title, first Living Daylights. Just cool title. It, it was a great title, great opening, and if you remember, great opening, great theme song. If you remember, well, one of the things that was so great about it was the whole plot centered around Bond being told to order ordered to kill someone. Mm-hmm. It was a woman who played a Stradivarius, right? And she played the cello or the something cello. like that. And it and and he, of course, becomes enamored with her, and he's James Bond. He could he could absolutely make the shot, but he decides not to. And then he kind of wants to investigate this whole thing. Now, what's so clever about that was he, you know, as I got a little bit older, I kind of realized the nuance of James Bond is like he kind of wanted, he he became interested in her. But if he realized that, yeah, you know, she actually did deserve to die, he would have just killed her. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But what was cool was he finds out basically a deeper plot. Yeah. And that she was an innocent and that she didn't 
it was all of it was like a setup, setup. and there's all these other things going on. She didn't know one end of a gun from another. But what was really great was <laughs> he said, whoever she was, I scared the living daylight. <laughs> <That's great. laughs> Which is so great was them using the okay, title. Close up on his face as he's saying that. <laughs> but and it was it was brilliant. It was it was great. It was good fun. And <clears throat> go to keep with Timothy Dalton. You know, a, a lot is made Timothy. like uh, with Daniel Craig about how like he like brought the Hard. Bond series back to its roots, and he plays Bond the way he was meant to be in the novels. He like had a hard edge to him, and which is it's true. But I think if you watch The Living Daylights, like when I. When I read a Bond novel now, like I picture Timothy Dalton in my well, head. So that was why, if you remember when, when and you I'm were speaking as someone <clears throat> not to be a, a snob or anything, but I've read all the novels, and I remember they said that even when Timothy Dalton took over, because Roger Moore had taken it, kind of like he was another one. They had like a lot of the gadgets, and they felt like the movies get bigger and bigger and bigger, and they try to like it's kind of like a pattern. They get bigger and bigger, and then they try to like bring it back, well, so and reboot it and make it more normal. So Timothy Dalton made it like. I remember he only well he sleeps with the girl at the beginning, the pre credit sequence. But other other than that, he only sleeps with Kara Malovi in the movie. So like we'll make it a little more realistic. He's only going to sleep with one woman. He's not going to have like a lot of crazy gadgets. The plot's going to be a little more realistic. So he was true to the Bond novels. Well, so what's long it, before Daniel when, Craig. When when back when we were talking about this over via text or something, we were saying, hey, what should we talk about? <clears throat> And we talked about Bond. I wanted to talk about which actor was the closest to the description of Bond. Because I think that would be how you would you could determine who's the truest Bond. Mm-hmm. And while, you know, people were, would say this about Batman, okay? People would say, like, Michael Keaton's the only Batman. But people, you know, I think the people that just would do that... We're doing it because they're kind of sheepish. Michael Keaton is great, but whoever you present first, yeah, it's the safest. Is often, it's the first one. Is often what they must locks, be the best. They're the first one. Exactly. What often what it makes the first impression. It locks it in. People get like that, and I disagree with that. I gotta say, I, as much as I love Roger, I mean, as much as I love Sean Connery, because Sean Connery is awesome. The movies that he did as Bond were great. Roger Moore was the first Bond that I really rec- recognized and saw and all this other stuff. Roger Moore, if you think about it, was was campy. He was kind of campy as mm-hmm. James Bond, if you actually had think the one-liners. About it. He had a lot of one-liners, a lot of, you know, he was very suave. He would always, you know, like never mess up his tie and yeah you know he's very yeah like Well, so well, well so what was interesting was out of airplanes without parachutes <clears throat> and just like not even being right. nervous for a second is just like and 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 it worked for the time. Mm-hmm. But when when they switched into Timothy Dalton, certain I mean I, I like to use this word, but at at the right time, certain gravitas he brought to that character, and so their ideas behind James Bond, without going like overboard dark or serious. Like he's an assassin, right? Mm-hmm. He's a, a secret agent, and like, if you really think about it, Roger Moore doesn't contain that. I'm not putting down Roger Moore, but it's like you don't see him as as a dangerous man. And the idea was that, that you know, uh, 
Timothy Dalton, when you see him do that, there are moments where he gets angry. There's moments where he dials it up and he's dangerous. He's, Mm -hmm. but so he's, he's very, very cool. I felt like Timothy Dalton was the first Bond that was like, yeah, he, he matched this description. He was really James Bond. Roger Moore could have done as a couple of scenes in the early movies where he's like, Ruthless and lethal and stuff, but he I just didn't, as I didn't he, feel like it. No, nah, but he I, just. I, I understand I, what you're I saying. I think. I think maybe. It's, I honestly. I, I think it's part of part of it is his build because then when when you know so that we had Timothy Dalton, um, Living Daylights. Then then I feel like, um, License to Kill. It was a rushed movie. I remember them saying they rushed it, and. It also one of the big problems was it took place in America. There's a big <laughs> part of it that took place in America, and what's awkward? It's always awkward when you have Bond in America because <clears throat> not only was James Bond one of these great like flights where he, he was international yeah, my to us that, who are like, American. I think uh, Diamonds Are Forever. He like he's in Las Vegas. Yeah, and it's just weird. <laughs> he's like the exotic. Las Vegas, which I guess maybe in the '60s Vegas was like wow, but also, you know. But but also, yeah, if you're like not in Goldfinger, it, he's in Kentucky by Fort Knox. He's just like you know, I know on a and farm in Live and Let Die, he's in uh, New Orleans yeah, or something, like right? Not, but it's just weird. It's just weird when he's in America, and it doesn't always work. But to have major like movements of it be in America, I I think they do it for budget reasons. I guess I don't mm-hmm. know. But but um, uh, license to kill. It was just a rushed misstep, and all of the cool, rugged aspects of Timothy Dalton were just underused, and they were almost—I don't know—it was just—it was just weak. And, and they made him get married again, and I think the, the wife gets killed. It was just a mess, and uh, so Timothy Dalton didn't want to come back, and so he done a great one, a bad one, and then Pierce Brosnan and I—I I love Pierce. Brosnan. There's a big break between those two. And Long end. break. Basically, that was the Batman and Robin of James Bond. Um, and so Timothy Dalton gets blamed the same way George Clooney did for Batman and Robin for taking down the, the Bond series. Yeah, when yeah actually, like he didn't write the movie. And, right. Yeah. When actually he did one of the best Bond movies, but most people don't even acknowledge it. Which, again, was, you know, The Living Daylights was just outstanding. Like, head to toe, top to bottom. But... But now, you know, so then years later we get Gold, uh, Golden Eye. Great movie. Great movie. Pierce Brosnan's great. But I got to tell you, I got to tell you, Pierce Brosnan aligns to me, aligns closer to um, Roger, Roger Moore, Moore yeah. in this suave camp build. Like, you know, the guy's kind of slender and kind of mm-hmm. like, you know. Hey, chat! I don't believe you know, he's going to like ruthlessly kill anybody. I don't or really believe that. Yeah, good looking, and and they tried to make it a little dark. They tried to have some gadgeties that you know. I, I just felt like I, I I endured Pierce Brosnan as Bond. Huge hits to movies. Huge hits, and what was interesting also was, of course, he was originally going to be yes before Timothy Dalton. Yeah, he was he was set to be Bond before Timothy Dalton. But he he couldn't get out of his Remington Steel contract, That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and that only lasted for a season, right? Or a season? Yeah, they brought it back for, like for one more season. Um, but that's a whole other story. 
which is like a, an interesting kind of life imitating art, imitating life sort of thing with the uh, Remington Like, uh, you know, Tom Selleck was supposed to be Indiana Jones, but he had oh a contract God. to be a Magnum P.I. Yeah, but the thing is, Tom Selleck didn't then become Indiana Jones later. No, and, it's true. Yeah. And I'll but tell I mean, you. the same thing with like a TV contract. It's like, sure. Why, you know, got to stick to your Actually, you know what I, I, I just learned today? Um, uh, Joe Man... Manginello. Yeah. Did you he, did you know know about this? He was originally going to be um, cast as Superman in Man of Steel. I didn't know that. Yeah, he was going to be cast as Superman in Man of Steel. He met uh, with Zack Snyder, and Zack Snyder liked him for it. And they were said they they, they had told him uh, you could look up the 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 conversation they like um they all talked and and uh, apparently his agents said no or no there there were people involved with both projects and they said no you can't you're still working on uh, true blood and blah 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 but his agent said don't worry about it because uh i think like whatever the 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 father the the company that owned both um I think it's like Viacom that owned HBO and uh, Warner Brothers. They were like, we'll deal with them. Anyway, long story short, that this is what I heard. Uh, and it, I heard it from, like, he was, he's talking about it. He was cast. He, he met um, Zack Snyder. They liked him. And they started, they said, okay, what's your, 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 like, they talked about the character. They all liked, they liked him for the part. And they said, what's your measurements so that we could build a suit? You know, we could start to make the suit. And the the people called the wardrobe department of True Blood for his measurements. And then the people in the producers of True Blood or something said, you know, they canceled it. They said he can't be released from his contract to do whatever. And so it's pretty amazing that uh you know say his name last name joe manganello joe manganello <laughs> <laughs> almost became superman but anyway i mean we say all of that to say uh just have what weird things happen with casting and everything yeah. and, and and with pierce brosnan originally being james bond but not being able to get out of it because of remington steel then coming back finally uh doing golden eye you know you often get a second chance yeah and awesome. a lot of times in Hollywood is off, not totally off topic, but a lot of times when they say like, oh, so-and-so could have been, they just mean like, oh, Brad Pitt could have been so-and-so. That just means at some point somebody was like, can we get Brad Pitt for the movie? <laughs> and that counts as it could have been Brad been Pitt. Brad. But some of, some of these things like Pierce Brosnan, supposedly he had the script on his nightstand and he was waiting for the phone call from his agent just to confirm it. Yeah. And at the you know 23rd hour. 11th hour, whatever you say, yeah. NBC picked up the contract or whatever. So, like, he really did have the part, you know. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, to say that, like, oh, Which Leo DiCaprio could have been in this or whatever. Yeah. It's like, but, you know, so so you have... Uh, and so, I have Jan- uh, Daniel Craig. Well, so so you have... So then, so so name the uh, the Brosnan ones, right? You have GoldenEye. <laughs> it's hard to remember the titles. There was uh, Die Another Day. Yep. Tomorrow Never Dies. And then... Uh, was there one more? Well, there Die Another Day was the last one. That's the one with the Madonna theme song. Right. Uh, the World Is Not Enough. The World Is Not Enough, yeah. It was Die Another Day, The World Is Not Enough, then 
Blah. Whatever. I can't remember the order. Golden Eye. Golden Eye. The world is not enough. No, Golden Eye. Tomorrow never dies. Tomorrow never the world dies. is not enough. Then die, die another, another day, day was the last one. The world is not enough. By the way, the Bond family crest is in one of the Ian Fleming novels. That was like the motto of the James Bond family from like hundreds of years ago. The the world the is world not is enough. not enough. Hmm. I remember in Die Another Day. First of all, it was uh, I remember its acronym was just Dad. And I remember going... Die another day. Die. Madonna was in the movie. She was in the movie. <laughs> I remember... Um, that was when he had an invisible car. Yes. And I remember going... The van. I remember, I remember <laughs> seeing the invisible car and thinking... Seeing the invisible car. Uh, yep. <laughs> yeah, I remember the, the invisible car appearing in the movie. And I remember thinking, this is using technology... That is not even groundbreaking. It's actually something that exists. It because it was in it was it was uh, theoretical existing technology, which is to say they could do it on one type of a scale. Mm-hmm. And it was it was it, it was essentially using the predator effect. The, the effect yeah, it took a picture predator. of the other side and cast you know whatever yeah. right right and and what was funny about it was even though i knew it was possible i saw that and and thought nope <laughs> and i just didn't like it it was just you, i thought it was dumb <laughs> you didn't like the attempted spin-off of jinx the jinx character played nope. by halle berry they were hoping she would get her own movie and nope <laughs> no. <laughs> i thought i thought that that whole thing was awkward and weird <laughs> that i they 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 showed too much of the love scene i remember just thinking like <laughs> It was weird. It was weird. Yeah, it's definitely weird the scene where they first meet. If she you watch that scene and the, the dialogue is just very strange. Oh, Every everything time I about see it, it is just weird. awkward. Um, and so, and so, when that went away, they I remember they tried to blend. I think, like, that was one of those things where they took the Bond ingredients mm-hmm. and they kind of put too many ingredients, mm-hmm. like too much. Of the ingredients all in one pot. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it was just like, it was all present, but it was just off. And that was the way. end of the, the... And so, yeah, it, it ended... The, the Brosnan run. But another not interesting fact about the Bond movies, but like supposedly the producers just like... Hated it? No, they just... They don't <laughs> really treat the Bonds with much respect. Like if you hear... The John Bond Connery, you hear Roger Moore, actors. and you also hear Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, the actors are just kind of like, like I remember they had a, they were supposed to have a reunion for the 50th anniversary at the none Oscars, of and none of them wanted because they just like <laughs> they felt like they didn't get paid enough. I guess the producers are like, well, you're lucky to be playing Bond. Like the movies are bigger than you, we can replace you anytime or whatever. Wow. So they never Connery feels like he wasn't treated right. Supposedly Pierce Brosnan. He was ready to make another one, and like he never got a phone call. Next, he knew they had cast Daniel Craig, and he like didn't even know about it. Like, wow. you know, the same kind of yeah. And I think Roger Moore always talks about how he's like, they tried to kill me. <laughs> but I feel like Roger Moore is one of those guys. Like anything that required a stunt man, <laughs> he took it. <laughs> like even getting out of a car. It's like stunt man. Like Roger Moore is like, I'd have my, I'll do have it. to have my tea. Like he's so British, you know. It's just like, but that's that's again why he wasn't threatening. So but he was so, like, they wouldn't tell him like. Oh, it would be a minor explosion. He won't even be near it. And then he'd be like singed. He'd be like, you tried to kill me. They'd tell me the explosion. Like, 
<laughs> That's great. Well, so so yeah. Then there was a couple of years, and they decided to you know to go m- more serious. Now, had their the Born Identity had come out right by that time? I guess yeah. And and so the idea of making a a more serious Bond was was you know kind of played around. I mean you know. Um, they, and they finally got the right. It was kind of like a reboot because Casino Royale is the first novel, so uh, it kind of introduces James Bond. And I think they, they finally got the rights back to make that into to make a it. Movie. So they figured we'll do it all, you know, because the pre-credit sequence you see Daniel Craig getting his double O, right? Like Doing, what he had to do to get mission, it and stuff. Yeah, right. so pulling the mission it would take. He falls was, in love. It's the first time. Like it was a, almost yeah. like it was almost like James Bond Begins is what. Yeah, exactly. Calling it. Like the Batman Begins of James Bond, and um, from um, what the heck is his name? The director of Goldeneye. Uh, yeah, I can't remember the guy's name now. He's a good director, but like, they kind of brought him back. Even though they did, it's weird. Bring when, back. Their first one with Pierce Brosnan and the first one with Daniel Craig, and they were both very good, both very successful. Right, um, but <laughs> they brought him back, but they didn't bring uh, Martin Campbell. Yes. <clears throat> But anyway, yeah, people love Daniel Craig. Obviously, those movies like uh, Skyfall was very good and made like a billion dollars and stuff. But some call him James Bland. Well, so James Blonde. James I mean, I don't know. If well, so that was a big deal, though. So casting, so casting, um, uh, Daniel Craig. Okay, my friend hates him because he's just ugly. <laughs> and he's like, especially the last one, Spectre. He's like, he's so ugly. <laughs> Like his face is just ugly. He seems like he's short. <laughs> well, so wait a so, minute. Let's let's talk about it for a second, right? So now he's not supposed to be super handsome. Like we're looking, he's at it. not supposed to be in, super handsome. In the, de- and, the description and, in the novels, that's another thing. I mean, Timothy Dalton's a handsome guy, but he's not like. But he's not pretty. like Pierce Brosnan's like beautiful. Well, so that's the thing. Like he's he not pretty. But people have come to accept the fact that Bond is supposed should to always be like super handsome because he gets all the women. But he's supposed to be more like ruggedly handsome. There you go, and so that was why I was saying that this would. So, so I thought that Pierce Brosnan, um, he of of all of the Bonds is just too handsome. He's he's mm-hmm. dashing, and even a and, young like and, Sean Connery was like very good looking. Well, so like that, well, yeah. so yeah, but I would say I would say uh, you got your Pierce Brosnan dashing, still dashing Roger Moore. More ruggedly handsome is Sean, a young Sean Connery. Mm-hmm. But I and, and 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 Daniel Craig sort of fits the bill in our modern view. But according to yeah, I'm not saying he needs to be. No, like, no, no. But 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 wait, I'm just going to say according to description, I say I still say um, Timothy Dalton nails it. Yeah, I just picture him, and like I said, we're looking at a picture now. He, he, a the guy doesn't really at a drawing. yeah, kind of like a police drawing made from the description of Ian Fleming. It doesn't really look like the Timothy Dalton, but no, that's like the 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 amount of handsome he should be. Yeah, women women are attracted to him because he's just like because he's dangerous, dangerous and he's yeah. a spy and he sweeps them off their feet. He's not like what are the chances a spy would look like? You know, Pierce Brosnan. He's not gonna be that good looking, <laughs> uh, right? Because he wouldn't need to. So, um, so really though, I love Pierce Brosnan. By the way, not Pierce, in, not as much as Kate Blanchett. Well, you said he was. <laughs> I used to love Remington super- Steel. I was a big fan of the show. Um, but no, so so you you have like uh, Casino Royale, and you have 
I remember when they cast Daniel Craig, and it was like this big deal, mostly because he was blonde. They bought him in on a. I remember they bought it. They introduced him on a boat. He came in on like a speedboat across the River Thames because they they always do everything big with Bond. There was sure. like a press conference, and I remember he was wearing a like a life vest. And people made fun of it because he's like James Bond. Like, oh, he's going to fall overboard. He can't swim. <laughs> he had like this big life vest on, you know. <laughs> That's funny. What are you going to do? you going to wear a life vest. <laughs> protocol. James, James Bond wearing a life vest. It's pretty funny, though. Oh, was he going to fall in? Yeah, was he? Come on. So wait, so how many Bond movies has Dan? He's made three now, right? Three four. or four. Three or four. People forget about that quantum of solace. Well, so I actually like that one. So anyway, so... I think so, that was a name of like... I don't know if that was a short story too, but that's definitely an Ian Fleming title, Quantum. It doesn't make any sense, but... No, it makes sense. Quantum of solace. It makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing I... One of the things I really enjoyed about Quantum of Solace um, basically was this, this idea that they were planting, that they were setting something up. Yeah, they're connected to each other. Yeah, and 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 so you know, I honestly, I only thought Casino Royale was okay. Mm-hmm. I thought it was okay. I didn't think it was great. It was it was it was good. Uh, I really liked Vesper. I liked yeah, her. I liked actress. the actress. Yes. So I liked her, and I liked kind of the the double cross that she was forced into. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um. But one of the reasons why I didn't like um, uh, Casino Royale is that there's this whole – if and, and you tell me if you how you feel about this. But there's this whole thing where they're torturing him by like he, tying him to a chair. Take that him from the novel. A, <laughs> they whack his you know, privates. And yeah. And it's just <laughs> – Well, that's just you personally don't well, find it yeah, uncomfortable. One, I find it uncomfortable. But two, all right, sure, taken from the novel. But I'm telling you right now, it was just – <laughs> a weird third act. Mm-hmm. It's very weird. It's very like it's, a, like, it's an example it's like a of like something that's actually taken from the novel that people are just like put into the movie. Like and it doesn't like, work. Like keep it in the novel. You know, right? Like right? Right? When it's a, it's an example of when when people say, oh, you know, it's got to be true to the book. Right, we'll be true to the book, but the problem though is I'm watching a James Bond same, movie. I don't want to see that happen I don't to James to, Bond. Not right? only that, not, it's not that I don't want to see that happen to James Bond, but to ha- see that happen. At that point in the movie, makes it very tough for that that hero to come back and be heroic mm-hmm. without. Because, like, I think I remember there's total swaths of, of. I mean, there's time where he's just sitting laid up in a bed, <laughs> and I'm like, w- is this has this become the English patient? Like, what is this movie now? He's recuperating. He's he's got to recuperate because he's been sm- smashed in the balls, <laughs> right in the mommy daddy button. <laughs> <laughs> I also think that you one of the reasons why you like uh as a as a quick aside the reason why you like Austin okay. Powers so much is because you're such a big Bond fan. I don't care how much of a bastard he is, doll. You don't give a man a kick in the pills. It's just not cricket. <laughs> <laughs> love Austin Powers. <laughs> I think you love it though so much because you like James Bond so much. Am I right? Yeah. I don't know what came first, my love of Austin Powers or not. Obviously, James Bond. Anyway, um, but <laughs> it spoofs the Bond movie so well, so you know? well, so well. But so um, the thing I really, I do really like though is how the villain, the ultimate villain, the reason in in 
the the end of uh, Casino Royale, he he that movie ends with him saying Bond, James Bond. Mm-hmm. It ends with him shooting the villain in the leg from far, yeah. driving up his car and, and throwing him into his trunk. Or should I say, he doesn't even do that. He just drives up and... The and next one the starts guys. with him in the trunk. Well, yeah. so what was great was, you know, it ends with him grabbing this guy who was the who was like the reason um, for his, his the the woman that he loves yes and so it, it sets up a, a lot of very interesting things one it sets up that this is why he's tortured quote unquote tortured this is why he won't let himself fall in love because he what they were saying was that he fell in love with vesper and she will always be his only love but that okay like that's the good that's a great idea for mm-hmm. a story and everything um but I almost wanted to see Timothy Dalton in that. <laughs> like, I like Daniel Craig as Bond. It's okay that he's blonde. I got over that very quickly. James Blonde. I was, I'm okay with yeah, that. Yeah, it's not a big deal. <clears throat> um, Roger Moore had pretty light-colored hair, you know. Like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. In early Roger Moore's. Um, but, you know, him, you know, James Bond doing his thing. And, and in Quantum of Solace, there's some moments, though. Like, like I said, the opening, there's this big car chase and it's a lot of fun. But I loved the way it tied directly into the um, the end of picked the movie up right where the other one left off. Yes, it was great. One of the other things I really liked about it, though, was after the car chase. What's great is he opens up the trunk, and the guys that <laughs> the guys that he shot at the end of mm-hmm. the casino is in the trunk. He takes them out. The, they're talking, and it's setting up Spectre. Mm-hmm. What I really liked about uh quantum of solace was doesn't he he goes around looking and he kind of he's the only one that takes pictures of all of these people because the guys the guy is saying like we really thought the villain is like we thought you guys were on to us and you had no idea mm-hmm. you know and so uh you know the the british secret service had no idea how infiltrated. Yeah, they the first were. like half hour of Quantum of Solace is great. It's very good, and and but but the idea was James Bond was that sharp, that good. Like it, it definitely showed like Bond was a better agent than anyone else, mm-hmm. and that was cool. Um, and then it kind of went off the rails. But I think the reason why it went off the rails was because of the writer strike. I is think, that what it was? Yeah, I, I think that I think that that <laughs> happened right in the middle of the writer strike, and so writers couldn't couldn't adjust the movie it's not so bad it's just like the villain was kind of weak and you know if you i watched it again recently it's not so bad you know what i i think that it's still like glossy and like high quality you know it's got the bond imprint on it it's just i think that movie suffers forgettable and i think that movie suffers from having a a villain that isn't threatening looking he's like small he looks like roman polanski or something (laughs) he looks like he looks like roman polanski and he's about roman polanski's (laughs) height and to have a a sort of a a tiny steal like water from people it's like not a world it's like they're in like columbia in south america and he wants to steal water from people or something he wants to what he wants to to he wants to be in charge of their water supply, make money off their water supply. Something like that. Something He's like cutting that. off the water so that they need it. So that he and can And on then his land, it. he has like an underwater it's just lake weird. or something. Um, but trying the to idea be environmentally of... friendly. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I always, yeah, I always like, 
that Bond essentially takes on uh, supervillains, you know, international supervillains. Yeah, which like is a the, very cool they idea. Take over the world or something. Uh, like. But wait, so then, so then it was, so then after Quantum of Solace, which did take a minute to kind of regroup, um, was Skyfall, mm-hmm. and that was a fun movie. But it basically, I guess, I think what they wanted to do was they wanted to reset James Bond. And so, but but what was weird was, <clears throat> I guess there were some complaints that M was played by du- Judy Dench, which I thought was a great choice for M. So they killed her off. Mm-hmm. Um, but what do you think about that in that movie? And what do I think about Judy Dench as M? Or because she was from the Pierce Brosnan days. Like, yeah, I remember we're great when Pierce Brosnan his first Bond. And she like tells him off. She's like, you're, I think great. you're a relic of the Cold War, misogynist and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And Bond's like, oh, tell me how you really feel or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I like Judy Dench. I just thought she maybe thought she was done. At that point, I guess she had done seven of them. So she's like, you know, again, everybody wants to die. <laughs> we talk about this in all our podcasts. Actors love to have like a death scene. You know what I'm saying? So yep. like, and I think it's really good. Now it's played by a, What's his name? Ray Fiennes. Well, so yeah, so Ray... Fantastic. Ray Fiennes and like suspenders. Like no one's more British. Certain <laughs> actors are just super British. Like Hugh Grant. Ray Fiennes. Ray Fiennes. <laughs> Michael York, who's not, again, perfect casting well, was, for the Austin Powers movies. Like Roger Moore. They're just, my, you know, some people are British, mother. but... Yeah. Like, that's my... <laughs> his name is Basil Exposition. This is great, you know. <laughs> wait, wait, and, and, and there's got to be one other uh, uh, British guy. Who's the guy who was in um, <clears throat> Love Actually and – no, and uh, not Love Actually. Uh, damn it. Uh, he was in The Kingsman. Oh, yeah, Colin Firth. That's Even the, his that name. is British. <laughs> like Colin Firth. You know, he's like, you know. He's got to be British. Having tea British. at 4 p.m. every day and it's just like, you know, because I'm <laughs> – not to His name knock is English, English people. Some people British are English. You don't even know that they're English. Like you'll see him on an American is, TV show. His name is British <laughs> Brit, Britain Englishman. <laughs> That's his name, Nigel something. You know. Like. <laughs> but anyway, Colin Firth. It's about as British as you get. But yeah, so so they reset with um, with Skyfall. Yeah, they're like they introduced Money Penny. They got rid of M. They got a new. They M. went back to Bond's like ancestral home they gave out him in a Scotland. Quartermaster. That's right, Young Q. Because he, had, I don't think there was a Q in the. There earlier. wasn't a Q. Yeah. Which was a clever use, but what's interesting is now we're in an age, in an era, because now we're in now now we're with Daniel Craig. We're in Bond, modern Bond, where we're quite frankly, at that point, Jason Bourne had been outpacing. The badass had been the fight scenes and born were become, very gritty. Yeah, had been become synonymous with mm-hmm. like badass secret agent, and so it was kind of like you can't do that. You can't like have a cooler, a copycat of Bond be cooler than Bond. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah, and 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 it was happening. It was working, and so they 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 had some really cool fight scenes. They did some really cool things with uh, Daniel Craig as Bond. I actually – one of the things I actually really liked about Skyfall though was they they did make sure to make some of it fun still. 
Mm-hmm. Like I thought the opening of Skyfall, isn't there like a whole thing on a train where the train, the back of the train yeah. gets pulled off and he, he yep. stumbles, he falls and happens to land in a chair and then he kind of like, it, like, like, like he, he's startled no, he falls through by, the back of the train, almost loses his balance and he like straightens his tie. I, no, but I think, didn't he? Spectre, didn't he, he falls into a couch. The oh, there you Spectre, go. like there the side go. of the See? building collapses. Vic knows, Vic knows everybody. <laughs> but yes. He 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 falls and then yes straightens his tie. Things like that are are great little touches that harken back to the camp while still remaining serious. Uh, yeah, like he gets the gadgets from Q and he's like he's like a new gun and a radio. <laughs> he's like I'm very excited and he's like well I hope you weren't expecting like a, a pen with a laser in it. We don't do that anymore. There you exploding go. pen because <clears throat> I remember in Golden Eye he has like an exploding pen. Well, so what's really fun about that? Is and the and the overlap the blend is with people saying things like oh you know only certain people can be James Bond and only da 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 I'm not even going to get into the whole Idris Alba conversation controversy which I don't agree with one way or the other I mean it's just fine Idris would be great as James Bond it wouldn't matter but one of the things I think is actually interesting about having overlap having one actor be Bond and or like the way that uh, uh, Sean Connery was Bond and then he left, Roger Moore picked it up with the same M and Q, right? Mm-hmm. And then those guys yeah. left. And I'm pretty sure when Pierce was, Pierce Brosnan was, uh, Pierce Brosnan was, was Bond, didn't he have one of this, wasn't his M and Q, weren't they the same? The first couple, it was still the, Desmond Llewell and the old Q yeah. from and so, and then the Sean Connery days. It's almost as if they always overlapped, as if this was all in the same Passing universe. Passing the torch, yeah. Well, no, as if it's all in the same universe. And so it began to be, among the fans, among the geeks, it began to be theorized that <laughs> James Bond, the name, That's is actually just says, a code yeah. name itself. So when you become 007... The you title, get the you get Bond. the name James Bond. It's associated with 007. I, I think like that. that. It's, I love it. I don't like it. I love it. Because, you know, in nope. Her Majesty's Secret Service, nope. George Lazenby looks right into the camera and he says, this never happened to the other guy. He breaks the fourth wall. Because yep. he tries to kiss the girl That's... and the girl takes off. And he's like, this never happened to the other guy. But doesn't he say that, right? Yeah. And that was it's great. Kind of insinuating that, like, he took over for I love Sean it. Connery. I love it. <laughs> I think it's great. No, well, <laughs> it's an not? interesting theory. It's a great theory. So let's just very quickly, though, let's just say one other thing, and that was never say never again. Ah, yes. The whole story behind that's, that. That's, 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 well, if you want, talk about the story, but that's the one of all the Bond movies. Not in continuity. That is, uh, right. I mean, because if you, if you don't count the original Casino Royale with David Niven and Woody Allen and all can't remember the guy's name. When Ian Fleming was writing... Mo- uh, well, there's a whole reason for yeah. it. When he was writing Thunderball, he he needed ideas, and he kind of co-wrote it with another guy. So, th- and he kind of never gave that guy credit. And years later, that guy sued. He's like, "Hey, I gave him the idea for the story. I helped him write it, and he won. So he kind of got the rights to for Thunderball. Movie rights. Yeah, like he could make a movie of Thunderball." And he could use the name James Bond and M and Money Penny and all 007, but only with like that plot. 
So Never Say Never Again is really a remake of Thunderball. Sure. It's the same plot because he can only make that movie. You know, he had the rights to James Bond, basically, a gold mine, but he could only make that plot because that was a plot he helped Ian Fleming come up with. And he couldn't so, put James Bond in another movie because he didn't come up with James Bond, the character. And so uh, they put a ton of money into uh, into they got uh, Sean, Sean Connery, Connery back. And again, hand. one of the reasons was because Sean Connery like hated the producers. So he's like, as an F you, he's like, sure, I'll star in this right. and, rip-off and, Bond movie. And what was great was... <laughs> James, uh, jeez, uh, Sean Connery had mm-hmm. said, uh, never again. Yeah. He, he said he would never be James Bond again. And so the movie was called Never Say Never Again. Mm-hmm. And that was great. Now, the real question I have for you is what's, what is that title? Is it never, is it never say never again? Is it never say? <laughs> There's no commas. Is it? Well, I'm asking you. So, what's the? What is your inflection? Is it never say never again? Is it never say never again? Is it never say never again? What is it? Am I? Am I? Am I doing it? I think it's, I say never say never again. Like I put the inflection on again. I think it's never. Say, it's never say never again. Like never say that again. So, like, again is the important word to me. I think it's, I think it's never again. I think you're, you're saying never, never say. Oh, you mean never say never again? Yes, that's what I think it is. I think it's, it's you. No, because he's because I think it was like, will yeah. you ever play Bond? And he's like never. Nope. But you're saying he said never again. Yes. So never say never again. Yes. But wouldn't that be never say never again again? <laughs> no, it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. That's what the, to be no. completely accurate, never say never again again. <laughs> no. <laughs> never say, and then quotes, never again. Again. And then out of quotes, again. <laughs> no. I, th- I think it's, but you hear my point, right? Say it I'm again. trying to think at the end when he's kissing Kim Basinger. But stop. So let me say it. Let me say it. When he's kissing Kim Basinger, he, she says, will you come back? And he said, never again. Mm. And she goes, never? And then the song kicks in. The idea is <laughs> he had said, I will never, I will, you know, will you play Bond again? And he said, never again. Hmm. I think it's. I think it's yeah, never it say, never again. It could be. I'm standing by it. Ah, you're more of a Bond expert than me. Right? Never <laughs> I don't say think never so. again. <laughs> <laughs> never say never again. Again. But they've bought the rights to that now, so it's like <laughs> the Bond producers own it, so nobody will ever make another never fake Bond movie again. Never. <laughs> I never remember again. there was talk of a Jane Bond. Yeah. They were going to make one with like Sharon Stone was going to be Bond. Again, I guess just remaking Thunderball Never over again. and over again. <laughs> I don't know. I could talk about Bond forever. So do it. Oh well, I think we just did. <laughs> uh, so do you have it? So so including Daniel Craig in it. Just just to wrap it up. Um, <clears throat> like now now looking at all of the Bonds era whatever movies like what's your favorite bond who's your who's your favorite bond actor what's your favorite bond film oh my gosh this is again like i think timothy dawn's closest to bond but like like you said he really only made two movies and even one of them was like really good he's like he's like Like i I go with roger moore like i grew up with roger moore i'd rather Mm -hmm. watch 
the Roger Moore movies. Like, I love The Spy Who Loved Me. I love For Your Eyes Only. The Man with the Golden Gun always has a... That's another one I remember being a little kid. Yeah. And watching, like, you know, the island blow up at the end and everything else. I'm sorry, you know, I... Golden... I, I, I probably... Goldfinger, You Only Live Twice. Spy Who Loved Me. Golden Eye is great, too, with Pierce Brosnan. Like, yeah. Great movies. Well, so... so I'd pick Goldfinger if I had to pick, like... One. If somebody was like, I've never seen a Bond movie, show me a good one. Like, I'd probably pick, like, Goldfinger, show him, like, a classic. I think, uh... I really like the new ones, uh, because they're flashy, and I yeah, really... Yeah, Skyfall's great. Skyfall's and I, really and I really too. love the production value. Um... That scene in the... the neat, like, they're fighting in the glass room. The it's glass fantastic. room's fantastic. I really like those. I like how pretty they are. I love the production value. Um... The realism, you know, in this latest one, um, Spectre, where uh, <clears throat> where uh, D- David Bautista, Dave Bautista, great scene there on the train. Great scene where he's basically odd job, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't he like he just is such a brutal like opponent for for uh, Daniel Craig, and yet, and of course, I love all of the classic ones that made me love Bond. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as I said, they kind of a lot of them blend together. Yeah. So I really do think, still, my favorite is, um, you know, Timothy Dalton T-Dalt. in in uh, in Living Daylights. <laughs> now, one we didn't mention, and we can do another whole podcast about this when we get back, when we double back around to uh, James Bond. But we didn't mention how two important components that became just kind of pillars of James Bond and we will talk about this in another time is the the there's always a title track mm-hmm. that is that or there's a song that has the title by someone it. who's like <clears throat> hot property at the time yep. like Duran Duran or whoever and the title sequence which always has they put Bond a lot of work into that and naked ladies and as a young, oh yeah, the, you you mean not the pre credit sequence, but like the, the, title the titles sequence. Yeah, so there's a pre credit credit pre credit action sequence, and then it launches into the titles, mm-hmm. and there are always these wildly stylized title sequences that always have, you know, naked ladies yep, that naked when silhouettes, and if you look close, you could see something. Sometimes. Well, but but they're they're <laughs> silhouettes, and when you're a young boy who yeah. has no access to anything, you're like, oh wow, am I seeing something? No, you're not really seeing anything. But it's great, and and it it was one of those signature things for James Bond movies. But we could talk about all of that later. I I just want to, I you know, I want to say that those again are also part of what makes Bond, um, you know, a, a Bond film pretty great. So I think I think again I'm going to go on record as saying Timothy Dalton and the Living Daylights. Not so, the Living Daylights, <laughs> great theme. Great, yeah, that's, that's very uh-huh. close to reading a Bond novel. like Living Daylights. There so. you go. It's pretty pissed off in that movie too. <laughs> <laughs> There's some good action in it. Yep. But yeah, no. Um, we got we love James Bond. We love you for listening. Uh, what do you got? Anything we'll be else back. to say? No. no, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta wrap it up better than that. Say something Bond esque. Bond trivia, you know, in the first, the gun barrel opening is another Bond thing where he yeah. walks and shoots. It was a stuntman, Bob Simmons. It wasn't Sean Connery in at the, the beginning of Doctor No. 
So you could also say like the first man to be James Bond on film in the movies isn't the first person you see as James Bond isn't Sean Connery. I guess he wasn't there that day or something. <laughs> he was a stuntman, but he's wearing a hat. That's how old it is. Like Bond's wearing a hat, yep. and he shoots into the camera and stuff. It's pretty good. A little bit of trivia. A little bit of trivia. We're gonna end. We're gonna conclude with a little bit of trivia. Thank you for listening to us blather on about James Bond. This has been the podcast experiment. I'm Dave. And I'm Gal Gadot. <laughs> That's Vic. <laughs> and uh, he's, I'm sorry, but he's in secret agent mode, so he couldn't really say. Uh, and uh, thanks for listening. <laughs>